Hi-ya! <laughs> the Green Solution <laughs> has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flowers, concentrates, edibles, and topicals there and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Davidson's is locally owned and has pretty much every type of alcohol you could ever imagine. Download their app today and you can check out there. It looks like they have extended the first 10 promo code to get 10% off your purchase of $25 or more for a little bit longer, but they can take that away at any time. So still get on it before they do they have two convenient locations in both centennial or highlands ranch get on it while you can that's code first 10 i'm nathan rudolph he's aj hayfley as i'm sure you heard from aj earlier we will get into some talk about the karate kid perhaps later <laughs> in the show but for now <laughs> maybe <coughs> For now, let's talk about this Avs game that happened over the weekend. They lose to the Philadelphia Flyers on the return from the longest break ever of the All-Star break and the bye week, pounded together. Obviously, there was a significant amount of rust in this game. That's not a surprise to anyone. AJ, I don't know. Did, did you have the exact numbers on like every team returning from this break has lost this year? Not anymore. No, it was. I stopped updating it after the abs lost and they were 0 and 9. So it's just brutal that teams coming off the break against teams that have returned to play. It's just a schedule loss straight up. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened in this game, I would say. The first period didn't quite fall in line with that. I thought the abs came out and played very, very well in the first. They just. They got were, unlucky. They were awesome in the first about 12 minutes. Uh, they should have had a 3 nothing lead. Um, I don't know what to say. They, they should yeah. have dominated. I mean, they did dominate. But, you know, when a goalie comes up with big saves, that's just life. That's hockey. If it's not life, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the first goal shot going five feet wide bounces off of Sam Gerrard and into the net. What are you going to do? The Philadelphia feed actually had an angle where it looked like it hit Couturier's skate and then off of Gerrard's shins. And it was like, dude. And so that's why Couturier was given the goal originally. They, They took it away after the game. 
Which, P.S., they made four scoring changes after the game. Yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of scoring changes. Like, <clears throat> everything that I was, like, writing about as the game ended, like, scoring-wise and numbers-wise, like, they just took it away. The off-ice officials were a little rusty from the break as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, because it was like, dude... Does this guy get an assist or not? Like, they took away Nachushkin's goal, but gave him an assist. I mean, I was pretty sure Nachushkin did not touch that puck, to be fair, on that one specifically. But, you know, it looked like it hit something, but I didn't think it was Nachushkin. And he he really sold it. He was committed to the bid, for sure. Well, and, like, Nachushkin, I think think it's just Nachushkin went so long without scoring a goal that now when he's on the ice for goals, he's like, it's mine! Take him yeah. however I can get him, yeah. It's mine now. And, like, he got the assist. He should have he just taken credit for that, too. Why not? I. At the end of the day, though, after the first goal, the game would never be tied again. The Avs just trailed the rest of the way. <clears throat> and really it quickly... Too. Yeah. Because they, had, they were down 2-1, 3-1, 4-2. And they came back within one each time, and they pushed and pushed, and pushed, and they just couldn't quite break through and well, and made all the difference. And for every, every push, there was a defensive lapse. Yep. Very and frustrating. In the, <laughs> in the second period, right, as well, the, the defensive lapse came immediately. They get their first goal on the board finally, and a minute later, they're down two again. And it's just, that's just crushing emotionally. So. Yeah, well, and it's, it's exhausting. Yep, trying to trying to come back, and you get within one. Oh God, now you're back down to two. Okay, your your mindset changes. All right, now you know get the next one. Don't let them get too far ahead. Get the next one. We're back within one. You know we're two good bounces from from being back in this thing. And then, okay, now we're within one. All right, baby, we're in this thing. Oh God, now we're back down two. Especially after Comfort was stopped on that breakaway, they make it four three. He gets a clean breakaway and Lion comes up with a save. And it would, for me, I almost just got up and walked away after that because I was like, nope, they're not winning this game. It's done. Same kind of moment when McKinnon ended up hitting the post <coughs> as well. And it's like, they just cannot seem to solve it right now. Yeah. So it, it was tough in that regard. And that part of the game, I'm, I'm not too worried about, right? You get goalied, it happens. The yeah. other side of the ice, yes, there is plenty of rust here, but the turnovers just got out of control. Dude, if there was, <coughs> God, what is going on? The cough that never ends. Well, it was like, I was, I've been fine all day, man. And then he'd fire up the pod and it just comes out of nowhere. I just had a 20 minute phone call right before this pod and everything was fine. And now it's like, anyway, um, where was I? What were we talking about? My brain Defensive just turned Defensive turnovers Thank for the end. Fuck management. Yeah. My goodness, man. You want to talk about rust? I I thought they looked pretty good at all phases except the breakout. I thought both special teams units had, had good moments. Um, The one power play goal against was disappointing, but wasn't really a unit thing so much as it was 
Grubauer took a chance and got burned. I mean, Although the, the failed clear wasn't great. Yeah. The failed clear by th- with three guys around the puck, there needs to be communication on the ice. You know, it's like infielders in baseball on a pop-up as they all run towards the mound. Somebody step up, take charge, claim the damn thing, get the puck down the ice and finish the period down one nothing. But nonetheless, if Didn't Grubauer... That, just- and it was just, ah! And then Grubauer goes for the poke check and... You know, I, I think you probably put more of that on Grubauer than I did, where I didn't mind him going for the poke in that situation. But seeing the result, it's always really easy to be like, don't do that. But him him going for the poke check on breakaways is my real problem. Um, and with, with guys like right in front of him. Um, in that situation, it feels like he knows it's 50-50. And he had a, he had a couple of successful poke checks in the game. And it was just like, that one didn't work, and it ended up in the back of the net. It just, that that's sort of what the night was. They made a mistake, and it ended up in the back of the net. That they gave up six goals tells you that it was a pretty mistake-filled game. Yeah, I just don't, why flip the coin when you can just seal the post and you're going to stop it 80% of the time? I, How much of that is hindsight bias, though? I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I just I don't get know, it, man. And I understand in the heat <laughs> of the moment, you're making split second decisions and the elite of the elite still regularly get them wrong, but it's just not a good look when it comes to Grubauer and the poke check. Yeah, well, yeah. It certainly just continues this trend with him and that one specific thing where you're like, dude, how is it that everybody on earth recognizes this as an issue, but you? Yeah. Like, but I, I guess, you know, that's also instinct kicking in. So the lifetime of doing this is is really hard to untrain himself just because it hasn't worked a couple of times in the last few years. And then obviously the dagger goal, the shorty for Philadelphia was (laughs) brutal from group as well. Yeah. And that's like, that's a, that's a flubbed shot from Kevin Hayes. Yep. Like Makar scored, scored one of those, I think against Columbus. Yeah, where it just like fluttered through the five hole. Yeah. Where it's like the goalie the goalie is never never in the history of, of goalies is a guy gonna read flub. <laughs> so And if you watch that shot again in slow motion, you'll see it's he flubs it badly. And it just worked out for him because Grubauer didn't read it that way. And he gets beat. It's a bad goal. It's a bad turnover by Makar, who played terribly. Yeah, Makar was awful. Graves also, that pairing was just absolutely brutal. Oh my gosh, both guys. Yeah, awful, awful with the puck and and awful defensively. Yeah, just awful. No they two were, ways about it. They were so bad, and like the other two pairings were like they had to be looking down at the bench like dudes. Like, you guys are costing us the game. Nikita Zadorov had two points, and I think the Sam EJ pairing was like a 70% Corsi 4 or something. Yep. And that, that pairing was like 25%. It was just brutal. That one pairing arguably cost them the game. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> definitely. There, at minimum, three goals can be put on that pairing, with Makar just getting clean beat on the back door. Yep. Makar turning over the puck on the power play. Sure, yep. it wasn't a great save by Grubauer, but that happened. And then Graves failing to clear puck three times in about five seconds. Yep. And and so, the third one being a pass right in front to 
Right. Katurian. <laughs> what? So, brutal. Just it was brutal. A, it was awful, man. And it sucks because I thought it did. I thought it did betray. I thought the PK was better. I'm not going to say it was great, but I thought it was better. I thought the power play was great. Yeah, the first two power plays were excellent. And then that happens, and it, it's tough yeah. because because the first power play, exactly what the Avs wanted. Puck we movement it. took advantage of an opportunity. Miko Rantanen gets the goal. It was perfect. It's exactly what I would have wanted coming out of the break. The second power play, they didn't score, but they got multiple opportunities from the slot open. Yeah. They just couldn't beat Lyon. I counted four grade A scoring chances. So that's exactly what a power play is supposed to look like. So that was encouraging at the very least. Definitely. That's kind of where I'm at with this game. I think there are a lot of good things you can pick and choose out of it. And for now, willing to chop chalk up that defensive mess as rust, as long as they come out on the rest of this road trip and it doesn't look like that. No problem. Um, Winning Buffalo tomorrow and, Flyers game is all forgotten. Yeah, that's basically where I am at with this one as well. I can drink to that. So we'll go ahead and take this time to recognize Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. They have their new Mile High City Breck beer with the support of the Denver Nuggets as well with that awesome combination. Check it out if you haven't already. I know everyone has been talking about it a lot. We have a whole fridge stocked of it at the DNVR office as well. So I was having a few for the DSP today. It's a sweet beer. If you're not into that one, go back to the stalwarts as always. Strawberry Sky, Avalanche Amber Ale, whatever suits your fancy. We always drink all of those at all of our watch parties as well. Is it official? I'm pretty sure it's official at this point that we are having a watch party on the 22nd of February. So keep an eye out for that on the calendar. It should be coming up soon. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. We're talking abs. I do think we have been pretty harsh on Philip Grubauer over the past stretch, which to some extent, is certainly deserved. We've talked many times about how your goaltender has to make a save. But I did find it interesting. I put out a poll today on Twitter, and over 50% of the Avs fan base, at least, that I connect with, thinks the Avs are currently contenders. Another almost 30% thinks they're one move away from being contenders. So that's more than 80% of the fan base believes in this team to be good. But a lot of the comments I saw or that they need to make a move for goaltending. And I just don't really agree with that. Some people were even talking about that this team is not going to get out of the first round with Philip Grubauer. And while this iteration of him, that may be loosely correct, I just wanted to take a look. This December and January, Philip Grubauer has had a 9-10 save percentage in both months. One of them a 302 goals against, the other a 250 goals against. If we look back at last year, in the same months where the big lull happened for the Avs, in December he had a 904 save percentage with a 313 goals against, and in January he had, in just four games, an 816 save percentage with 4.7 goals against. So this is one. Not something new for Philip Grubauer to have a lull at this part of the season. 
And two, it's actually significantly better when you compare to last year. What was, uh, can you repeat Grubauer's January numbers from this year? 910 with a 250. Save for comparison, the guy that everybody wants to replace him with, Pavel Francouz, a 909 with a 264. So there you go. The difference is obviously in December. Uh, Grubauer's December numbers was what, a 910 as well? Yep, with a 302. And Franco's was at 9.30 with a 2.33. And I think that's exactly the situation that we saw is Grubauer struggled in December, and they were like, okay, Franco's, here's a couple of chances to start earning more starts, and he just didn't live up to him. Yeah. Also, maybe not notable, but I think interesting. Um, Franco's against the Central and Pacific Divisions. Against the Central, a 903. Against the Pacific, an 890. Yeah. And against the Atlantic and Metro, he's at 950 and 949. That's So maybe if you're out east, play play Franco's. When you come back home, don't. Well, Grubauer's just as bad against the Central with an 896. Which <clears throat> he also did last year. Uh, I think he had an 896 against the Pacific and then was very good against the Central. Yeah, he he's flipped it this year. He's... Mm-hmm been absurd against the Pacific with a 949. So, yeah. Again, I don't know if those are notable or meaningful. Yeah, I like looking at monthly splits because it just gives you an idea of momentum. There's but, also a, a bit more behind that type mm, of thing. It, sure. You start to get bigger sample sizes, not massive, but a little bit of the goalieing happen gets taken out that way. Right, like like Franco's his January at 909, 264 goals against average. He played three games. Yep. And he was a 1-1-1 in them. So, so like, it's it's sometimes you know. it is tough to tell based on the stats alone. But yeah, well, and I, you look at his three the three games that Francois played uh in January. Yep. The one nothing loss at the Islanders, he had a nine save, seventy save percentage. <clears throat> and then the overtime loss to Pittsburgh. And then the win against Detroit, where he gave up a goal with like three minutes left that just didn't matter at all. That lowers his numbers. Right. But against Pittsburgh, gave up a couple of very questionable goals uh, in a game that was definitely winnable, uh, in, including the overtime goal. Yeah, that context matters a lot when you're looking at that yeah. type of thing. But was fantastic on the island. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, lost a one nothing game. And it's like, well, well, and if you continue to go back even further, just looking at his last five starts, uh, because Frankie playing for for Gruby is the realistic solution to your goaltending problem right now. Um, The five goal game at home against Minnesota, that was kind of a train wreck and was kind of a, hey, we're giving the start to you to see if you can earn another one. Right. Didn't. And then. the game in Vegas where the abs couldn't do anything wrong and scored in every way imaginable, including off Nachushkin's face. So giving up uh, three goals and having a nine Oh six in that game was fine. Like you don't, it's fine. But in his last five starts, uh, only two games above 900, one of which was nine Oh six and the other was a nine seventy. So it's not like we're talking about Frankie certainly recently, being like 
exceptional. He's been good enough, basically. Yeah, and <clears throat> there was a streak in the middle of December that he had where, <clears throat> dude, what in the world? <laughs> Can't I don't even feel it. it coming, man. It just Out looked- of nowhere. Anyway, there was a streak in, in December where he was awesome. Like, awesome. You know, they went to, uh, they went uh, to Boston. Grubauer got hurt, like, whatever, minutes into that game, right? Yep. Like, I have minutes. He played, like, most of the first period. But that was the Avs' best defensive effort of the season. Frankie made 16 saves on 16 shots. Right? Right. But it was, like, the middle of December where there was this, that one streak that really, really, really jacked his numbers up nicely was the wins uh, against Philly, New Jersey, and at Chicago, where he gave up three goals in three games. And he was was very good that week. Right. And he had has been pretty much writing those stats ever since. Right. And like when you're talking about like smaller samples for a backup goaltender, like having a very good week like that, um, you that those three games plus the nine seventy with the Islanders, um, like he's also got two relief appearances where he made all the saves. Yep. And so, you know, Right, it's just kind of the way things go. With, right, with goalies well, in the backup spot. When you talk about <clears throat> when you talk about Frankie's numbers, if you just look at goals against average and save percentage, they're exceptional. But when you look at like a quality start percentage, it's at forty seven percent. Yeah, and that's brutal. That's very bad, and because <clears throat> it's anything over sixty percent is very good. 50 to 60 is starter caliber. Under 50 is bad. Uh, 53 is league average this year. So at 47%, Grubauer does not hold up there. And his uh, goal saved above average is not good either. Yeah. I, it, when you dig into the advanced metrics, yeah, there's certainly not a ton that is encouraging, to say the least. Now, to be fair... Grubauer's quality start percentage is also brutal this it's season. It's terrible. And down at 36%. But. This is really the problem, man, is that neither one of them are shutting the door two goals or less on any kind of consistent basis. Yep. So when you talk about making, and we've talked about this before, when you talk about making a goaltender move, you have to go big to do it because otherwise you're getting another Grubauer. Yeah, it's a dude that you're going to run into the same problems with. Exactly. And you either get lucky or you don't. Right. So, and we have to remember, this is also Grubauer's first year trying to be the starter. The the true starter. He's never done this before in his career. There are a lot of, there are a lot of growing pains to this. Things are, you know, we don't, we don't know how this turns out. We do know that teams trading for starting goaltenders during the season is not common. Yep. Barring something crazy happening, like a player saying he'll never play for a team again. Right. Or, you know, you know, the Ryan Miller situation in Buffalo, where it was like a great goalie on a bad team, a team that was looking to rebuild where it was like, Hey, this guy's a pending UFA. Let's get something for him while we can. And then Ryan Miller went to, to St. Louis and did nothing. 
Yep. He's like the only goaltender who's gone to St. Louis and done nothing. <laughs> so it's goaltending is it's just a tough spot. It, it's the hardest spot to play in hockey by a long shot, in my opinion. And the thing is, small sample size or not, you just don't get that many opportunities at a certain point. You have to show results. Yeah. And hopefully it's the same story as it was last season. And Grubauer figures it out in February and March and is hot going into April. You mean puts up another 950? Well, I mean, he doesn't have to go that insane, but he's welcome to not going to complain if he does. That's for sure. So we'll see, to say the least. But I don't think I'm as worried about it as a lot of people are. Uh, I'm getting there. My real thing is the um, the split between even strength goals and power play goals. Yeah, is problematic for me because okay, there's, there's there's I should say even strength goals against not even strength goals. Sure, because even shorthanded goals are just a, a small issue. Like the abs, the abs have given up two shorthanded goals in the last two months. So like not a huge deal. Yeah. But they are pretty consistently like you look at October, November, and December. Grubauer gave up five power play goals in October, four power play goals in November, four power play goals in December. And in fewer games played, he gave up five in January and has one in one game played in February while also giving up shorthanded goals in both January and February. Like the non Grubauer gave up nine even strength goals in January in six games. That's exceptional. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's exceptional. And that's so that tells you right there that he needs to pick it up on the PK and the PK itself obviously needs to pick it the hell up because nine, nine goals in January at even strength. Like he went four one and one for a reason. Right. Like <clears throat> that's good stuff. That needs to be the that needs to be how this goes. Like straight the, up the, the, the goals against and not at, at even strength need to need to come down. Because if he's gonna give up three even strength goals every single night for the rest of February, the abs will still be competitive, but they can't give up anything more than that. Their special teams have to get better. I think the PK more than the goaltending, the PK is the one big thing that stands out on this team as the thing can that can absolutely sink them. So, I mean, to be fair, when a <clears throat> goaltender is hot, they can absolutely carry a penalty kill. But the Avs, I agree 100%, are not doing Groob any favors and probably actively hurting that PK save percentage. So, a lot of room for improvement there over the next couple of months, but I guess we'll leave it there for now. The general thing about the Avs at this point is Philadelphia game was rust. Let's see where they stand now that they're back in a rhythm, or hopefully they get back in a rhythm, really. Mm -hmm. So Buffalo, Ottawa, two good teams to do that against. They have those two games coming up on this road trip. It would do wonders if they won both. Honestly, they kind of need to win both for this to be a successful road trip if they do that 
then you're talking about getting into potentially a new tax bracket. So it's time to talk to you about Symbio Tax and Administration. Symbio Tax is here to help get the most out of your 2019 tax return. Symbio also provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. I told you about George a ton of times here. He's one of our favorite DNVR subscribers. I mean, that let be honest, all of you are our favorite. You give us money, and that makes you all the best. So that's awesome. But George also runs Symbio Tax and can help you out with rental properties, small business investments, and understand all the credits and deductions on your taxes. So to get a head start, give him and Symbio a call at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. Third period of the DNVR average Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. We're going to go a little bit rogue here, as if you've been paying attention to DNBR, we're doing a little bit of a movie week bracket to see what the best sports movie is. AJ, two questions. First, what is your favorite sports movie of all time? And if it's not a hockey movie, what is your favorite hockey movie of all time? <clears throat> oh my gosh, my favorite sports, my favorite sports movie of all time is Bull Durham. Okay. I can respect that. I think it's a great movie. Not my favorite of all time. I just, there are probably 10 different levels on which I connect with that movie. Um, I just, it's incredible. I love it. Um, It's, it's just a heartwarming tale. Uh, It's a perfect plight. I'm a big fan, man. I just think it's, it's my jam. Um, But Honestly, not that far behind it is probably Moneyball. Um, and then maybe A League of Their Own. And then probably Miracle. Wow. Yeah. You did the Sandlot dirty. <clears throat> I don't like the Sandlot. Wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I've been podcasting with a man who doesn't like a Sandlot, the, the Sandlot, this whole time. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, though, but like I quote it like all the time. Because, of course, <laughs> like I grew up on it, right? Yep. Uh, but you know, I love the Sandlot, so it, it's probably my favorite sports movie of all time by a long shot. Hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, watched it a few months ago and was like, "Yeah, no, it's great. Everything about it is great. I still want PF Flyers to this day. It's it's charming. Uh, Benny the Jet is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I feel like baseball is really cornered the market on sports movies oh dude we could have done legitimately i kid you not because we we did this one night uh while we were at a we were at a bar <laughs> uh and we were all we a bunch of us got together and like this is what happens right when you get sports nerds together yep um we <laughs> we made an entire bracket of just baseball movies that there were so many, there, there are so many, so many, and I think that was one of the things that people uh, kind of maybe didn't pick up on right away. Um, with the with the way the bracket was laid out, is that we only picked sixteen baseball movies and sixteen football movies. Yep. So like we left some of them out. Um, you also have to consider. I don't believe anybody in our entire company is over forty. So uh, is, is Mace? Maybe I don't know. Mm. I forgot about Mace. He can represent the old guys. He's good. 
Right, but I he also I don't believe had any input on this part of this project. Yeah, right. right. So uh, I will go back to uh, my under forty belief that that's one reason why certain things got seated the way they did. And the next person to whine about Creed being seated higher than Rocky needs to sit down and watch those movies back to back. Rocky, the whole series is just not my favorite. It's the first two Rocky movies and the fifth Rocky movie the are, are like incompetent. So I should say Rocky five is the worst and it's by a ton, but then Rocky one and Rocky two are also down there. Like for me, it's, it's all about Mr. T and Ivan Drago yep. in three and four, three and four are my favorite in that series. Uh, and the idea that Rocky is better than Creed blows me away. Cause Creed is, um, it's, it's a, it's a very, very good movie, but it's also a great sports film. It's a relatable sports film that tackles a ton of issues and and turns them into real, real people problems and not just like a formulaic sports movie. Although it does end up with it's it's, you know, predictable formula at the end where it's like, oh, the guy won big shock. <laughs> And I and I'm completely convinced that in our voting, it's going to get crushed by Happy Gilmore. That's because Happy Gilmore is a great movie. See, I can't stand that movie. I hate Happy Gilmore. Really, I, I really don't like uh, like slapstick, silly comedy type movies. Okay, well, you're going to be really disappointed that I like Slapshot more than Miracle. Then, <laughs> yeah. See, I don't like Slapshot at all. Um, the only time I've ever liked Slapshot is when we were just in Vegas this last month, and it was playing on one of the TVs in a bar. And I didn't have anything to watch. Gotcha. So it, it was on and I was like, awesome. I like this movie for the next two hours. And then a uh, uh, a dog show competition came on and I got into that instead and forgot all about Slapshot. So. I love Slapshot. I think it's great. Goon as well, I think is amazing. I love Goon. Uh, so. I do love Goon. I have deep heart for Goon. It's just. It's more about I love Goon because of the main character and then pretty much everything else in that movie I don't really like. I I think it's legitimately hilarious, but absolutely the main character makes it. Yeah. If if Sean William Scott doesn't do such a good job at making it easy to love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think that movie is actually really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a great job and so I I love that. I've seen Goon more times than Miracle, but I knew I was going to love Miracle from the first 10 seconds of the first trailer that it ever released um, when I when I knew what it was. Yeah. And I was the only one because I was living in Texas and, you know, of course, and everybody's like, what's hockey? And I'm freaking out in theater. And I was like, <laughs> can I watch that instead of whatever the hell I was there to see? <laughs> don't even remember. I don't remember what I was there to see, but I remember the Miracle trailer. Fair enough. I it's hard to argue with Miracle. It's probably not my personal favorite hockey movie, but I understand that it belongs there in the let's, grand scheme. Let's have the Mighty Ducks talks. Yes. There were a lot of people upset about that. Let's have the Mighty Ducks talk because in what cruel universe is the round one matchup Mighty Ducks versus Space Jam? As a six and eleven seed, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Space Jam is an eleven seed. It's insanity. Um, like I, I'm looking at this and it's like, like he got game and love in basketball or the eight, nine seeds. Yep. And it's like, 
he got game jam lower than that. <laughs> I, I am going into the office tomorrow to argue head to head with Andre Simone miracle against he got game. I don't know how in the world that's a thing because I think love and basketball is going to beat he got game. <laughs> but for some reason, we are going to have that conversation. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know how Space Jam is lower than certainly he got game. Love and Basketball is actually a pretty fun movie. Well, that's but, also like, higher than he got game. So Also, Space Jam, uh, uh, a lower seed than Mystery Alaska. What? Hey, Mystery Alaska was all right. It wasn't better than Space Jam. I, uh, what the? F- Come on. <laughs> Space Jam's great. Like, Space Jam, you know, we, uh, Brendan Vogt just made a a reference to Space Jam on TDSP last week. You don't hear anybody ever make a Mystery Alaska reference. (laughs) Ever. It had zero cultural impact. Space Jam was the exact opposite. Yeah, I I mean, it was certainly a big part of my childhood, of course. It had an amazing soundtrack. Uh, it was an awesome, it was it was silly. Michael Jordan was in it. Like, what? Michael Jordan spent his offseason, instead of gambling, he spent it making Space Jam? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it would be criminal not to vote Mighty Ducks over Space Jam. Oh, I voted for Mighty Ducks. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I voted that's the right answer. I voted for Mighty Ducks over Space Jam, and then I I next round I will vote Goon over Mighty Ducks. Man, that's a really tough one. So I'd have to go back and I would need to watch Mighty Ducks again before voting on that one. Yeah, I think the other thing that we did not get into um in terms of when we made this uh is what to do with franchises. Right, because like Mighty major, Ducks 2, yeah. there's Major League on here, there's Mighty Ducks on here, there's Rocky on here. Hell, Creed has two movies now. And so does Goon. So, uh, I mean, I try to pretend that it doesn't, but that's also true. <laughs> yeah, that second one was not great. but Yeah, so um, we did not really address that part of it, but it might have been interesting too. Next year, the return of the sequels of sports movies. That could be our, that could, it'd be a much smaller bracket, but like movie sequel bracket. Yeah. In, in which case, Mighty Ducks 2 would probably clean up because a lot of the sequels have been bad. Not just bad, like horrifically bad. <laughs> bad. So that's definitely fair. I, I don't have much to say about the football bracket. Football ones aren't my thing, so I just so, remember the Titans is running that for me. Maybe two th- couple of things about this. Um, remember the Titans I struggle with because there are a lot of circumstantial conversations around Herman Boone, the coach of that team, that are very questionable. Um, that he maybe was portrayed as like this great dude and maybe was not a good dude at all. And I, so I struggle morally with remember the Titans as just as a standalone movie. If I just turn my brain off and don't think about stuff like that and that I'm glorifying maybe or that it's glorifying maybe a not so great guy. Um, it's a very good sports movie. 
I mean, how can right. how can you how can you not love the two linebackers getting after it, right? You know, strong side. Like that was a great scene. And um, Jerry Maguire as a four seed is weird. It's not really a football movie. Um, never even seen it. So Friday Night Lights uh, is another one that I think is weird because I I cannot stand that movie. Oh, but okay. I I knew I liked you for a reason. But I I absolutely I love the book. And I love the TV show. It is one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, and it connects with me uh, growing up, you know, small town Texas, right? Yeah. Um, it connects with me in a way, in, in a certain way. So um, Friday Night Lights, uh, but but the movie, I, I hate the movie. It's a miserable watch from beginning to end. It's just miserable. Maybe like the two fun things about it are anything involving Booby Miles and him being awesome, but the rest of it, um, no, I it's a miserable movie. Yeah, I would a say lot of sports movies are way sadder than they should be. Some of some of them are, and but like I love to my core, I love Rudy. Rudy would if I was making up my own bracket, Rudy would come out of football for me. Wow. Yeah, I'm not I, a Rudy guy. Definitely not a Rudy guy. I love Rudy. I that any given Sunday is sixth in this is a little crazy to me because any given Sunday is an awful movie, but it has one incredible scene where Al Pacino gives the the inches all that we need are all around us speech, and it like it applies to life, it applies to football and hockey. I think about the the Al Pacino inches speech almost every hockey game. I'll save that for your your pod with Drew. You can argue over your speeches. Oh, dude, I'm actually so excited about that uh, about that podcast. Drew and I this Friday will be uh, talking about the greatest uh, sports movie speeches of all time. So I'm super excited about that because more than anything else, I love a good speech. That's what we got to figure out. We'll have to do something once we crown a champion. Have a little. Uh online movie night or something we we talked about doing more than that man do the whole final four or something no what we talked about doing was having whichever movie wins we were going to uh host a a movie night at one of the um like one of like the big like movie places here in denver that'd be dope we let's do that i we talked about it i don't know if that's the plan i don't know if like we're we're actually going to be able to pull it off but it was a conversation that that during this summer, you know, we'll find some time um, and we will specifically schedule a get together for it. And we will count the, the winner of this will be what we play. All right. Well, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but at minimum, honestly, just do it at Breck, at Breck, uh, Brecker Ridge Brewery and straight up should just do, just sit outside in the, in the back, uh, the like outside in the back where the sun going down with the big TV that they have out there. Or I guess that they set up. It was out there when we were there. Uh, and then just have everybody just hang out. I I think that's dope. Hopefully that gets worked out. If it doesn't, I promise I'll at least like have a little super secret stream movie night or something for everybody to come hang yeah. out. Well, so. Either either way, like you and I, we can stream movies. We can, You and I could just do whatever the hell we want, honestly. We're, we're technologically way ahead of everybody else in our company right now, so got them we got this just in terms of, of, of being able to like set something like that up you and i could do it yeah. tonight if we wanted to right um i will say the the other part of our bracket the extra part yes um 
I have a super, super, super deep love for Tin Cup. Um, I so, like it. Don't love it, but better I, than Ali, I would say. Yeah. Oh, see, so yeah, I don't think it's better than Ali at all. Um, really? Yeah. Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete of all time. Uh, and I think was, I think Will Smith did an unbelievable job as Muhammad Ali. If you go back uh, and you side by side, look at scenes from that movie versus Muhammad Ali. It's, it's very well done. Uh, and it hurts that that's like a first round matchup in which I think Ali is probably primed for an upset. Um, but it's people love golf movies, man. It's well, weird. like Tin Cup is like what a, he's like a golf pro who like was great once upon a time. And like he's after the hot girl who's dating the jerk. So he's trying to like open up her eyes to the fact that he's a jerk while also getting his life together. Like it's it's super like loser relatable. It's it's a classic Kevin Costner movie, like straight up. Well, and that's the other thing about this is that Kevin Costner like could dominate this bracket. Yeah, they're the final four could well, I guess he's only in three parts of the bracket, but it could be three fourths Kevin Costner. Like he's uh, dude, it's it I would love it if if it was draft day versus tin cup. And then against the winner of the baseball one, and then against whatever, hopefully Miracle. Um, and then against, and then on the other side, the baseball side ends up being Field of Dreams against Bull Durham. Just the Kevin Costner show. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see here. Where's For Love of the Game on this? Oh, For Love of the Game is going up against Bull Durham in the first round. Yep. <sighs> so we're cutting off the Kevin Costner leg to start with. There should only right, be well. so much Kevin Costner. <laughs> Well, we could have multiple Kevin Costner. He could be three fourths of the of the. And I, that won't happen. There's no way that Draft Day makes it, but it would be fun. And I don't think that anybody would vote for Tin Cup over Happy Gilmore, except for people like me who can't stand Happy Gilmore. I yeah, I mean, our demographic's probably a little too young for Tin Cup. I think, but. I, the crime to me in that extra is, is dodgeball versus Caddyshack in round one. I mean, I uh, you know have, when was the last time you saw Caddyshack? Not that long ago, actually. It's uh, really good, man. It's really, <laughs> it's really, really, really good. That's what I'm saying. Is like <laughs> yeah, dodgeball is going to get a ton of votes, and like of like dodgeball is the exact kind of like silly like blah, that I don't really like. But of those, like dodgeball and. Uh, Talladega Nights are the ones that which should have been on here. Honestly, I don't like Talladega Nights, but see, I love I love that movie and I love Dodgeball, and those are the only two like over the top silly movies that I really dig. All right, and, well, Dodgeball is like extremely quotable as well. But you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> Amazing. So. I don't know. Check out our bracket on Twitter. It's it's just going to be a good old fun time. That's all it I got. Is. It's fun. Participate. Vote. Let us know why we're stupid and what we did wrong. You wouldn't believe the number of people who have called us criminals today just because of the way that we seeded this thing. Which, by the way, blame on Drew. Drew did the seeding. Yes, yeah, someone might come burn down my house because I'm, we didn't I'm put the natural Drew, in man. this bracket. <laughs> Have you seen the natural? I have not. Okay, so it's an older movie that feels like an older movie when you're watching it. Gotcha. And it's definitely a period piece, but like there are some truly insane things in that movie. 
And I, and I don't, and given that it's also in the most loaded part of the bracket in terms of baseball movies, I have no problem leaving it off. Because I just did not think that it's just, it's not an enjoyable movie for me to watch. I don't really have that big of a problem with any of the movies we left off. The only one I, that bothers me is the replacements, but it would have, like I said on Twitter, the replacements was headed for a first round loss no matter what. And so it's fine. I don't mind the, it that much. The only movie I feel like shouldn't have made the bracket is Seabiscuit. I would have put Talladega Nights over Seabiscuit. I don't like Talladega Nights, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. I so. I think that uh, Drew's love of sports movie speeches probably is why The Damned United is where it is. Yeah, well, that's going down in the first I, round. So. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, going up against Cool Runnings, but I don't know how many people have actually seen that movie. Yeah, I, I'm not the expert by any means. There are more than a few movies on this bracket that I haven't seen, so... It, yeah, be on, I'll be honest about that. <laughs> Honestly, one of the other big omissions um, might have been Invictus. Yeah, I guess we really should. The Raptors needed a representation on this. Should have been on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, True. well. We choked. Yeah, well, you know, there's more than there's more than 64 good sports movies That's which is true. funny because we, you and i are involved in like a, a group chat where we couldn't come up with any good video game movies it's because video game movies are almost all objectively bad the only one i came up with was one that's hanging around on youtube that's a that's a two-hour street fighter it's, it's called street fighter assassin's fist and after i was like oh i think i remember this being really good i watched the first half hour of it again it's really good everybody should go and watch it there you go. The best video game movie is one that's just on YouTube. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. That's oh, it just goes to tell you about yeah, it's just how bad video game movies are. Just make Last of Us already. Come on, <laughs> Last right. of Us, Bioshock, Mass Effect. Like there's Uncharted. Just anyway. There we go. Next year we can have the uh, video game bracket, and you and Drew can fight to the death. Oh, dude, he, you know, he doesn't like Zelda. Yeah, I know. I know. It's brutal to me. Yeah. That would be fun because you, me, Drew, and Brandon are all big time gamers. Yep. And like, there could be some real strong opinions there because we're all different types of gamers too. Anyway. Very much so. But yeah. Before we get out of here, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, three people who are sitting in a Fort Lupton body shop office. Uh, listening to this podcast right now. None of them are hockey fans, but they listen every day anyway. And I just want to say hello to those three. All right. I guess they know who they are. They do. Awesome. That is going to wrap up our show. I hope you enjoyed. We had some apps talks. <laughs> we had a little fun with the movies. Like I said, check it out. Just a fun thing we're doing this week with the Oscars coming up and all that. And it's more fun when y'all participate and vote and get mad at us. So highly recommend you do all of that. But we are going to go ahead and get out of here. But before we do, the one thing that all hockey players need, a good dentist.
And Green Mountain Dental Group is just that. Taking care of your teeth is pretty important, and Green Mountain Dental Group is giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. All you have to do is take care of your teeth. For Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over that free Sonicare, you can check them out online today or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment. 